Those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. Welcome to WISN. The Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group is on the air, hosted today by Aaron Spitzner. I'm Paul Kronforst. Welcome back, Spitz. Hey, it's good to be here. Great to have you yep. as well. Good morning. Well. One of the many voices, Aaron, you are, um, along with all the others at the Kowal Investment Group that provide market updates. During the Mark Belling show uh, in the afternoon, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. news blocks. But then on weekends, we get a full hour, and this is going to be a good retirement clinic. Oh, it is. It's going to be the best one. You, oh, <laughs> oh, that's laying it out that's there. That's all right. We have some fun stuff. Since 2001, we've been doing this show, uh, and we'll hear from Jeff Kowal later in the hour. In fact, he's going to chime in with his own segment on RMDs. Uh, yep, RMDs. He's going to talk about strategy, and if, if you're subject to a required minimum distribution, a strategy on handling that, given the volatility that we've seen in the markets. Aaron Kowal does a weekly segment for business owners called the Boss Segment. We're going to hear from Aaron Kowal as well. And you said a fun show. Some of the topics yep. today are, well, are really interesting. I, I thought I would uh, start it off with some fun topics here. And it, for example, this one caught my attention. Uh, the the, the uh, best and worst states to retire to. We have a lot of clients that are transitioning into retirement or already retired. Um, living across the United States. And and um, so kind of seeing at where these states line up uh, in terms of affordability, quality of life, and health care, we'll take a look at that. Um, another piece that caught my attention was um, if, if you have a retirement account out there that uh, you may have lost track of or you think you had one out there and you're, you're trying to find it, uh, what websites you can go to, to to look for these accounts. There are some rules that have changed with with these old retirement accounts, so we want to help you track down those accounts. Um, I mean, you told me this before the show started, and I chuckled a little. How can you forget about a retirement account? No, no, maybe it's got four thousand dollars in it. Maybe it's got forty. Maybe it's at four hundred. But you left the job, and there it sits. And I, then maybe you got another job, and there that one sits. Yeah, I think a lot of times it's confusing. How do I handle it? What do I do with it? What do I invest it in? Where can I go with it? If you're first, if it's your first go around, you're not familiar with these uh, concepts. Maybe you just leave it there. Uh, maybe that business closes, or maybe the four hundred one k plan goes away. What happened to the money? Uh, so we'll talk about where you can find that. But you can certainly roll them over too. You can. Uh, but again, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by it. Maybe you got fired. Maybe you got let go. And this is the last thing you want to think of is is how do I handle that four hundred one k? I'll just leave it there for now. Well. And then all of a sudden it goes from one 401k plan provider to another, to another, to another. I'm getting statements, but I, I don't know how to find it. So we'll talk about that. And you might be missing out on, quite honestly, some good years in the market. Yeah, yeah, might just be sitting in a money market fund. Mm -hmm. uh, you may want to get that invested. But another one that if we have time for, uh, do I have, or, you know, how much should I have in my retirement accounts? Um, I get that question asked from time to time uh, through conversation. Uh, I'll be talking to friends or family. Uh, it'll just give me, you know, hey, does it does it sound like I have enough? Um, and I'll give everybody just some landmarks of, of how much you should have in your 401k. Um, that should be eye opening for a lot of people and give you some landmarks as you get as we're into the new year now um, and you reset your savings or you're looking at uh, your your plan going forward, how much you should be putting away 
And then um, if we get into it here, I have um, one other good uh, subject here. We have three tricky decisions for every retirement plan. So that one's a little bit more into the weeds, but it's a really good subject as it hits on annuity, long-term care, um, and portfolio withdrawal rates all in one type of article. And then we have the uh, the sexy segment as oh, well. Yeah. Boy, we gotta we we better. Yeah, so we I'll better. shut up and let you start the show because <laughs> uh, we got a lot to get to. The sexy segment is done every week. It's about wealth management and preservation. Also, before we officially begin here. Aaron, just a little background. The Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. I mentioned the market updates Monday through Friday. This show every Saturday at 10 a.m. Like I said, we started in 2001. The Kowal Investment Group has grown since then. World headquarters in Waukesha. Aaron, I believe you work out of the Racine location. Yep. Right off of uh, the freeway and Highway 20 in Heartland, the most recent addition. Also in Port Washington, up in Ozaukee County, a beautiful office. And Phoenix, Arizona. Again, in Waukesha, Port, Phoenix, Racine, and Heartland. The website, thekowalway.com. And the phone number, if you have any questions about today's topics or want to follow up with Aaron, just call the Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. I think one of the coolest topics is I just traveled. You, you, I know you and your family go places like Disney World and yeah, you know, take true. the kids. Yep. And I just got back from quite a cool vacation in Central America, the country of Belize, which is just awesome. That'd be a great place to retire to. Oh, I could easily retire there. <laughs> it, it's clearly a different... Then if you've never been out of the country in places like the Caribbean, these laid-back islands, it's just everybody's so mellow. They even said to us when we were snorkeling, are you guys from New York or what? You just all uptight? And- because we kept on thinking we were to the spot where we were going to snorkel. So we had a, we're jumping, we're like 45 minutes here, going, let's go. And he's like, relax, we're not <laughs> even there. Are you guys from New York? And we all just burst out laughing. He said, something about people from the States, they come down all wired up, and after two weeks, they're all mellow. There's some truth to that. Yeah. This is not going to uh, count other countries, though. This is the best and the worst states. Yeah. So United States to retire, and you got quite a list. Yeah, it, and it um, this is a uh, put together by uh, what do we have here as our source? I think it's uh, uh, Wallet Hub or Nerd Wallet, one of those websites. It's, here, it's, it's what, Wallet Hub is what we have. Okay. Uh, but I, again, I I normally wouldn't go through something like this uh, on the radio, but I thought it was fun, and I also thought. It caught my attention. What was number one? Um, I could tell you. I thought number one was going to be Florida. I would have a guessed lot, Florida. a lot of people retire to Florida. And and what it goes through uh, is it gives each state a total score based upon affordability, quality of life, and health care. Uh, so when I take a look at, from five to one, um, number five uh, came in at Delaware. Number four, Wyoming. Three, Colorado. Number two was Florida, and number one, the number one state to retire to, as uh, according to affordability, quality of life, and health care, was ver- listed as Virginia. Uh, so they were pretty even across the board with uh, affordability, quality of life, and health care. Um, again, recap, five was Delaware, four Wyoming, three Colorado, two Florida, and one Virginia. Everybody's probably wondering where does Wisconsin land in, in, in terms of this. Well, I also am, where's, where's Hawaii? Well, Wait, I know we'll get to that, right? you got to remember that the, some of this, you know, with, with affordability, all right, I mean, that's going to bring down a lot of some 
like states like, like Hawaii. I I think I had a coffee there for twenty two dollars once. Yeah, so good grief. Hawaii ranks as twenty four. Uh, believe it or not, Wisconsin is twenty one. So we rank ahead of Hawaii based <laughs> upon what really holds us up in this in this uh, is uh, quality of life and healthcare. Healthcare is pretty good. Really? Affordability. We're about ranked thirty fourth. The most affordable place to retire to is Alabama. The best quality of life you're going to find, Massachusetts. Really? And the best health care uh, is one of our neighboring states in Minnesota. Mm. So Minnesota had pretty good rankings for quality of life and health care, but affordability was down for them. You so, would, I always think weather. Weather yeah. plays into If you're going to retire, don't you want to be warm? And it, it's great for arthritis and taxes. So that's why our, our, our friends to the south, uh, they scored so badly you're, um, you're talking about illinois yeah i don't want to say the word uh but they rank 44th so <laughs> 44th for illinois wisconsin number 21 minnesota number eight so good stuff generally across the board in the midwest the, the rankings were pretty good outstanding um, for colder weather states i forgot about health care being one of the biggest factors yeah. it makes total sense you're retired you want a good health care system yeah, so again, it was just one of those areas that surprised me. You know, when I looked at those top five and and what number one ended up being, um, but uh, as I mentioned early on too, so I kind of pivot away from that. Thought it was a good article to look at, but another area, as I mentioned, was if if you have four hundred one k accounts that are out there, or that you may think are out there, how can you find them? You know, I get asked the question sometimes. Hey, can you help me find this? And I always think I'm helpless. I I, I can't call a company and 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 pretend to be you. Number one, that's illegal, right? So I got to have you on the phone. Now, if I have you on the phone, we're gonna have to go through verification, make sure then then give permission that I can talk on your behalf. So what's a better way to do this? So there's databases out there. If you if you haven't, uh, if you think you have a 401k out there, again, we talked about how they could be lost. Um, you just get fired, you leave your job, the heck with it, I'm not going to think about that. Mm -hmm. Maybe you move out of state, that company's in your rear view mirror, you don't think twice about it. And and what your options are, right? I mean, if, if you have an old 401k, you could cash it out, which we don't advise, we don't typically recommend because of the taxes, the penalties, so on and so forth. If you're younger than 59 and a half, you could leave it where it is, um, which what some people do, make, but then it ends up nothing. getting lost. Right. I mean, it becomes stagnant at that point, right? Yeah, you can't contribute to it. Um, it's it's in the plan, depending upon the balance. Um, historically speaking, if if your balance was less than five thousand uh, dollars, they could basically take that money and push it out of the plan, and it could end up at a bank somewhere in an IRA mm. uh, without your consent. Now, that in the big picture, five thousand is very small for a retirement plan. But maybe you were only there for a Say year. So you started a job at age 18. Mm -hmm. You were there for maybe a year and a half. I don't know. And you were in a 401k plan. Well, you got five grand in there. And, well, they pushed it out to a bank. But because it's still just, your money, though. Yeah, and how do you find it, right? So th there are three websites out there. Well, number one, you could contact your old employer. A lot of people don't like to do that. But you could do that. But there is this National Registry of Unclaimed Retirement Benefits, uh, again, that's the if you just Google it, the National Registry of Unclaimed Retirement Benefits. 
Uh, that's one area you could go to. You put in your social security number. You tell them that you're not a robot or a, you're, that you are a human and you're not a robot. Oh, I, I hate uh, those things. It, it, the street lights. Yeah. And then you click the button, right? And they'll tell you if there's anything out there. Um, I tried it with a few people. Uh, unfortunately, but unfortunately, uh, there was no money straggling, hanging out out there for retirement accounts. But but you were surprised at how many people have asked you over the last several years. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it comes up all the time. How do, you, how do you find these? What do you do? And that's the number one place. So if, if, if it went off, um, basically the, the plan got dissolved and they didn't know what to do with the money, that's where I would look. Another area is, is really starting with uh, another area would be the Department of Labor's Abandoned plan database. You can look there. Again, Department of Labor, abandoned plan database. Um, free ERISA is another area. Free ERISA, E-R-I-S-A. Uh, there you get what's called a Form 5500, which every 401k plan has to file every year. And on that, you may be able to find contact information uh, for that plan. Reach out to them and see if you still have an account. Uh, the other one is the U.S. Pension Guaranteed Corp database of unclaimed pensions now believe it or not um, the most recent number I could find is that there's actually 80,000 unclaimed pensions out there That's now a lot but well, I don't or know is it in the uh, I think a country of 350 million people pensions are becoming less and less of a thing um, but maybe there is smaller I, I think I saw some statistic with the top states of unclaimed pensions Illinois was out there with some $20 million in unclaimed pension benefits. Uh, so Wisconsin wasn't a hit on that particular list of states, but it's something to be aware of uh, that if you think you may have a pension. Like I was working with a client recently who was in the food clerk union uh, and has a pension coming in from that when he was younger uh, out of uh, high school for a little bit, and he gets some money from that. Maybe you had a job like that where you may be eligible for – $150, $200 a month, which, heck, that pays the cell phone bill in retirement. Once a year, I get something from the Hearst Corporation, which we were owned by when we were in the same building as Channel 12 back when I started 30, now 33 years ago at WISN. I have a pension, Aaron. <laughs> See, they, they're out there. They're out there more, more. They're more common than we think. And, and these four areas, uh, databases, um, We'll help you see if, if you have anything out there. If Again, the just to recap that, National Registry of Unclaimed Retirement Benefits, Department of Labor's Abandoned Plan Database, U.S. Pension Guarantee Corp. Database of Unclaimed Pensions, and Free ERISA, E-R-I-S-A. And if you want a list of those, you can also contact our office, and we'd be happy to uh, to provide you with those websites. Not, not, not all of them are as easy as you think, where it's just, hey, I'm going to plug in my social and see if something's out there. I think for the pension site, you'd actually have to call somebody, provide them your information, and they'll they'll assist you with that search. But, but don't leave this money on the table. Yeah, just because it's a phone call doesn't mean you should avoid doing it. I, <laughs> what I, if you're I, at a job for 10 years and you had a 401k with matching? Maybe you're maxed out. That could be significant cash. Yeah. Uh, so, again, it's one of those areas that I, I'd highly suggest that you look into if you think you may have something out there. I know we're pressed against the break. I got to ask you real quick. Yep. What would you advise? Let's say I find it and pick a number. It's 50, just picking it out of thin air, $50,000. And I locate that money. Could I roll that over into something else? So there's a couple things you could do there. Well, number one, you'd want to get it out uh, of that 
of that 401k. You're no longer attached to that company. Uh, you're limited on some of your investment options. Um, it's just best to have it under your control. You could roll it into an IRA that you self-manage. You could roll it into a IRA that's managed on your behalf with somebody like us where we can put together a financial plan for you. Maybe now it's time that you look at everything. Hey, I found this account out there. I don't know what else is out there. I'm looking for some help, and we put together a full retirement plan for you. Um, or if you're young and you're involved in a 401k plan at your new job, maybe you roll it. If, and if that 401k accepts it, you can roll it from um, that existing plan to the new plan. Um, and you don't have to put it in an IRA. You can keep it all in one spot in a 401k plan of you know where you currently work. So you have a couple options out there. And if you're not sure what to do, Again, give us a call, and we'd be happy to guide you th or walk you through those options. It just seems like a missed opportunity to make some interest off of what could be, um, in some cases, more money than you had thought. Even if it's a conservative, would you say money market maybe 4%? They've gone up a lot. I, I just looked at a yield on one this morning, and it was uh, yeah around 4% right now. I what mean, about CDs went up? Yeah, CDs I'm seeing out there. I haven't looked in them like a week or two, which is crazy because it seems to go up every week. But I've seen... 4.7, 4.75 on a one-year CD. Wow. Which, again. It, that's better than zero. But you're still lower than inflation. Uh, it, so it, it is. I think we'll have to see where inflation trends from here, and that'll kind of dictate right where yeah. rates go. But for some people, uh, if you have new money that wasn't invested in the market, that wasn't subject to loss or decline last year, maybe you want to lock it in at that 4.7% 4, 4 or so. That actually plays into a topic later in the show. You, want to, you, you get this question a lot. How much money should I have for retirement? Well, that can depend, and I, you'll get into this, Aaron, yes. lifestyle, it's, everything, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky question if you're just having cocktails and you meet, you know, some, hey, do I have enough, right? I mean, you need to know a lot more about somebody. That's why we have our, the questionnaire that we ask everybody to fill up before they come in. We take a look at your spending um, how much you want to spend. You want to maintain that lifestyle in, reti in retirement. Um, so then we kind of work backwards into what is that magic number? Uh, and, and do you have enough? Are you on pace uh, to, to have enough for retirement? So uh, it's a, another quick article, but I think it'll be helpful for the listeners just to have a good idea of where they stand. And Aaron, if you tuned in late, Aaron Spitzner is hosting the Retirement Clinic. We started the show with the best and worst states to retire in. Yeah. Can we just go over the top five again? Because yeah. people may have missed the beginning. Yeah, the, uh, well. And, bo and bottom five, too. Oh, yeah, okay. It was like uh, Letterman, that's, but backwards. That's a little bit more fun. Yeah, bottom five. Yeah. So we'll start, uh, maybe I'll go to the bottom five first here. So we look at the, 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 the worst states, the worst states to retire in. Um, we'll go with... Uh, Number 46, the great state of New York. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, 47, kind of surprises me. It's got to be taxes, I would assume. Uh, Crime. Yeah, the affordability is they rank the worst. Right. Healthcare and quality of life was pretty good. Um, Oklahoma, 47. Hmm. Um, they do bad with quality of life. Mississippi, 48. Um, they rank near the bottom in both quality of life and healthcare, but it's a cheap place to live, according to this study. New Jersey um, is number 49, uh, scoring poorly in the affordability area. And the worst state to retire to um, would be Kentucky. Kentucky, huh? Yeah. Wow. They got all that bourbon and yeah. stuff. Fried, Horse farms? Fried chicken. Kentucky fried Rick chicken. Kentucky fried chicken. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, but no, they, they were the, kind the of. The Kentucky Derby? I yeah, mean, come on. They, they rigged. 
kind of near the bottom in quality of life, healthcare, and then affordability is 33rd, so that's what brings down their score. Well, there's so many factors when you say that, right? When you retire yeah. to a state, it's not just it's ta- it's healthcare, it's taxes, it's all of the above. These are just the United States. If you're moving out of country, take it from me. Just go to Belize. Wow, was it affordable? So I was expecting Hawaii kind of numbers, you know, in a place like we've been to Costa Rica, we've been to Central. I've been through the Panama Canal twice on cruises here. We go to Belize, we're at a resort on a beach, and so far everything's fine. We have breakfast the first day. It's not all inclusive, so you just pay for it, right? For two of us, big breakfast, huge, twelve dollars, twelve dollars. It's like a value meal. Like you can't uh, no. go to McDonald's yeah. for that for two people. Yeah. The dinners were, the food was incredible. The prices were extremely, now the Belize dollar, Belizean money is $2 to our one. So if you get a bill for 70 bucks, it's like 35 American dollars. I started getting used to this after about a week. I kind of wanted to stay. Yeah, you could, you know. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I can get that for the next radio show. We could do the top countries. Countries, yeah, there you yeah go. bungalow on the beach. And then just to, to, to recap here, the, the five best places to retire to. Again, these aren't my list that I made up in my uh, on a, an Excel spreadsheet. This is a Wallet Hub and, and their findings here. Number five was Delaware, four Wyoming, three Colorado, two Florida, and number one, Virginia. And only one is a really considered a warm southern state, Florida. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. So... The others can get. You know, I always think about weather, but there's so much more. It just yeah, Florida trailed a little bit with with healthcare. Florida's um, what automatic. Don't you just everybody putting on the, what's the line in Seinfeld? Just put on the white shoes, the white belt, get over. You know, move to Florida and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move to the villages, like everybody else seems to do. Taxes, no income tax right in Florida. Correct. Yeah. Yep. So that's why all these people like when Rush was alive, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, moved his studios from the state of New York to Florida because of taxes. And I think weather might have had something yeah. to do with it, too. There's Can't a lot of factors. That. And New York was near the bottom, not surprisingly. Good stuff with Aaron Spitzner. Hey, if you want to follow up, and I'm guessing you are, call the Cowell Investment Group, 262-522-4040. All over social media as well. The website, thecowellway.com. We'll give you Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter links. But please check it out, thekowalway.com. When we come back, Aaron Kowal's boss segment, Jeff Kowal on RMDs. He's got a little segment he's going to add to the show here on WISN's Retirement Clinic. Your host is Aaron Spitzner. A lot more coming up, including the sexy segment in the second half of the program. I'm Paul Cronforst. Every Saturday at 10 o'clock, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. When approaching retirement as a small business owner, it's important to think about how to avoid common exit strategy mistakes. As you know from previous segments, there are many common mistakes made during the exit process, but these three are arguably the most crucial to avoid. First, starting your planning too late. This process should begin long before you retire. Take the time to invest in your culture, optimize processes, and build revenue early on. These components will help maximize the worth of your company. Next, not having a successor to run your company. Selling your business and retiring is one option, but you may also want to consider passing the business on to a trusted partner or family member. If that is your plan, you need to make it clear and allow adequate time to transition. Last, making yourself irreplaceable. The more irreplaceable you are, the harder it will be to retire. 
act as more of a mentor, allowing your employees to work their way through issues and resist, resist the urge to step in. Avoiding these common mistakes and preparing ahead of time will help you feel more confident as retirement approaches. If you need help planning an exit strategy from your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Thank you, Aaron. I want to talk about the required minimum distributions. It's a new year, and if you're subject to RMDs, is there a strategy for doing it? Uh, have you thought that with the markets down, do you have to sell, sell stocks now just to satisfy required minimum distributions? There's that government coming in and forcing you to take money out of the retirement accounts. There was a good article in the Wall Street Journal about by Glenn Ruffinock, and uh, it says how to handle RMDs. Is there a recommended strategy for taking required min- minimum distributions from retirement savings in a horrible market? These questions allow me to tackle several issues about required minimum distributions. These withdrawals, of course, are part of a bargain that we strike with the government when you open an IRA. Basically, we, get, we put money into our retirement accounts. The government, quote, unquote, allows us to save those tax-deferred, uh, but now when we hit our 70s and at 73 now the new with the Secure 2, you have to take required minimum distributions starting at age 73. But then you have to pay taxes on the withdrawals. So let's talk about this. Um, many retirees wait until late in the year to withdraw necessary funds from the IRAs. Um, but a bear market, just be aware that a bear market does not change the size of your RMD. So last year, it was based on December 31st of 2021. And despite the fact, let's say you had a million dollars in your retirement account and the required minimum distribution was $40,000, the fact that your IRA may have gone down $20,000, the required minimum distribution stays the same. So a bear market doesn't change that. If that happens again in 2023, the number was set as of the value on December 20, December 31st of 2022 for your RMD in 2023. So if the market goes down this year, that won't change the amount that the government uh, gets. They don't care whether the market drops or not. That's the amount of money that they want. But keep in mind that the, that the IRS isn't making you sell stocks. Um, you can use cash in your IRA if you have it to satisfy your RMD. But Ed Slot, who's an IRA expert in Rockville, New York, a friend of mine, uh, has a different approach too. He says you don't have to sell investments to meet your RMD. Rather, the transaction can take place in kind. In kind. What that means is that if your RMD is $10,000, you can transfer, and that's a key word, transfer $10,000 of XYZ stock from your IRA to a taxable brokerage account. This transfer counts for your RMD. Yes, you will pay tax on the value of the stock. So let's say the the stock value is $10,320 on the day you transfer it. That's a tax you're gonna have to pay on that uh, for that stock fund. But the stock then, or the fund, is in your brokerage account, and that value becomes your new cost basis. So if you sell it, or when you sell in the future, now that's sitting in your taxable account. You haven't sold anything. So you haven't sold in the depressed market. You've transferred the stock to a brokerage account. You still own those assets. 
Um, is there a better time to do it any time during the year? Picking the perfect moment during the year to take your RMD involves timing the markets, which is all but impossible. Um, but let's say you take your RMD today, put in your brokerage account, and the market takes off. Well, that's okay, too, because that's at capital gains tax rates. So whether the market goes down or it goes up, if you didn't want to sell that particular holding and you transfer it in kind, that works out for you either way, whether the market goes down or up, because you still have, have hold of that stock or that mutual fund, and you can control when you ultimately say it, sell it. So just take a deep breath with the required withdrawal now sitting in the non-IRA. Buy and hold can work for your favor. For instance, if you hold the assets more than one year, any appreciation would be taxed favorably as long-term capital gains. By contrast, withdrawals from IRAs are taxed at ordinary income tax. And if you hold the assets in death, again, you, you took the stock, $10,000 worth as an example, moved it to your brokerage account, now that, that appreciates to $50,000, if you hold it till you die, uh, that your heirs will get a step up in basis and you may be able to wipe out the tax on that completely. So it's not a bad strategy. It's actually a pretty good strategy. For many retirees, our RMDs aren't as big as issue as they first appear. Uh, RMDs are based on life expectancy. At age 73, it's about 3.8%. So under 4% at age 80, the figure is still only 4.95%. And age 90, the amount that you have to take out of your IRA is 8.2%. So for most people, say under age 80 and under, it's less than 5%. Shouldn't be a big deal. But again, there's a number of things you can do. You can transfer stock. You don't have to sell in a down, down market. And uh, there are different strategies that you can use. Um, and if you end up having to pay taxes on it, uh, especially now, tax rates are still at historically low rates. Um, so it, it, there are different strategies that you, you can use. Just have to be aware that you do have alternatives with that. All right, back to you guys. WI Sense Retirement Clinic just heard from Jeff Kowal from Aaron Kowal in his weekly feature, The Boss segment, Business Owners, Savings and Security. Today's show's host is Aaron Spitzer. A lot of Aaron's on the show today. It's a great name. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, only two Aaron's, but just, you know, just to make things clear here. Your thoughts on RMDs. What do we need to know in from your perspective? Well, I, I think it's one of those areas that right now you roll the calendar over and we go from December to January. It starts the clock over again. You got to take the funds out. Is now a good time to do it? How does it fit into your plan? You know, if, it's one of those areas that if, if you have questions on it, if you're subject to RMD, maybe you've been doing it for handling it a long time by yourself, um, and maybe you just want some some guidance on it. Give our office a call, and we'd be happy to to help you out with with that plan and putting together a, a, a timeline of, of when to take those funds out and uh, some strategies there. So 262-522-4040, uh, you can give us a call and, and get an appointment scheduled. Uh, Heather will set you up with, with one of the advisors. This is the first retirement clinic of February. This year just seems to be moving right along. Pretty soon it'll be summer. <laughs> Let's hope, right? Uh, uh, I don't mind winter. I told you this when you walked in because yeah, I, I got back from vacation. You said, what do you think of the snow? It's, it's it's definitely uh, if I'm gonna have winter, I'd rather have it like this and uh, not muddy. Yeah, and gray and drizzly. It seems. Like, what do you do in those conditions outside? 
I know. You, and, and you and like outdoor sports. Yeah, and otherwise you're on your couch and yeah. dark early. At least now, I think uh, sunset is after 5 p.m., and we're gaining minutes every it's day. Just, it's a beautiful thing. It, it really is. Daylight savings is not far away. <laughs> but we're optimists, aren't yeah. we? So that being said, a sexy segment coming up after yep. the break. But we've got time to jump into this other topic that I love. And it's what you get all the time. How much money, Aaron, yeah, do it, I need to retire? Again, it's, it's one of those things. It's just if, if you're out and about and, and you've maybe uh, people find out what, what you do for a living. And then the question naturally comes up with, uh, how much should I have in my 401k? Am I saving enough? And and quite honestly, it's a hard question to answer unless I have a full financial picture, background, spending. You know what you want to spend, what you're making right now, and and uh, we do we ask that all of our clients and potential clients complete a questionnaire prior to meeting with us, so we can put a, a great plan together for them. Uh, but this is just some general guidelines, and as far as um, are you saving enough? Uh, in your 401k, um, this is an article from uh, Morningstar, uh, published back on January 18th of, of this year. How much should I have in my 401k? Um, well, first and foremost, no matter kind of what your uh, ambitions are, there there are limits on how much you can put in your 401k. So for some people, right, they have no problem putting money away, and they may be capped out. So if you're under the age of 50, again, that limit is 22500 is how much you personally can put in your 401k. If you're 50 and over, you can now put up put in as much as $30,000. Um, so pretty. if you really wanted to start moving along and putting money away, 30000 if you're 50 or over is a pretty good, pretty good clip. Um, even 1,500, 22,500, these numbers have gone up pretty significantly in the last year. Um, but let's break it down here. Now, these are numbers set by Fidelity on how much you should have in your 401k. Um, so by age 30, your savings should be one time your salary. So if, but like we talked about earlier, if you and your spouse are both making 100,000, Right now you're at two hundred thousand. Yeah, combined. So you should, yeah, you should have two hundred thousand in in your four hundred one k. Now a lot of you aren't married. Some of you are. It, again, this question is always it depends. That's like everything in life. everything in life. But <laughs> if there's two of you and your household income is a hundred each, we're just grabbing a number. That's two hundred thousand, and then for each of that, you said one time. So, you know, that's two hundred thousand by age 30. 30. So forty five. Uh, your savings should be four times your salary. So there, now we're we're starting to, you know, with compound and, and mm-hmm. growth over time. Pushing very, a half a million. Very doable uh, if, if you started saving early. By age 50, your savings would be six times your salary. Again, when we first looked at this, we thought, well, that's not so bad, right? If you had 100000 if you're making $100,000 a year, you have 600000 But you look at it as a household. If, if if you're married, uh, you're looking at $1.2 million in your 401k uh, by age 50. We picked a nice round number of 100. Maybe it's less, maybe it's more. we can't do the math the other way. That's <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. But, okay, if six times your salary at age 50. I, that's, I think, for most of us as we age, your mortgage is starting to get paid off. The kids are either moving out of the house or out of college already. So our spending may be easier. And most of us make more as our careers advance, Aaron, right? When you're 22, you don't start out usually right at $100,000. It seems like kids nowadays do. Well, they want to. Well, 
hard to find people to work and yeah. it's the recruiters are on campus they're ready to hire you pay your yeah. dues but here here is the uh oh yeah it will you'll appreciate the job much more right definitely uh, if, if definitely. you make your way up i think i started at 750 an hour my first radio job in west bend seven dollars and that was 33 years ago I'm not going to tell you what i make now but <laughs> it, it's better than that so here here is if, if you're so we looked at if you're 30, 45, and 50, if you're following Fidelity's benchmark as a guideline, your target is 10 times your salary at age 67. Wow. Okay. So you're making 100? That's a million dollars. Yeah. So there you go. And, and if you work till 67, now, everybody's different there too. And, and there are, some, <clears throat> excuse me, some other factors that play into this. Um, you know, what are your expenses looking like in retirement some people live a uh, they're not big spenders uh, in retirement other people they want to travel and see the world and maybe they have uh, higher monthly expenses um, do you have pension income uh, do you have you know what is your social security going to look like that's right um, so you know there are a couple other things to take into consideration and again if it is a couple we're doubling all of this so uh, there's more money than you than you might think, and some people don't travel at all. They they rarely spend. They go out to dinner maybe once every week or two. And Aaron, they're going to be quite doing just well. Thank you very much with a million dollars, right? Others might need two, maybe three, or even more than that if they're accustomed to a lavish lifestyle. Yep, and and um, if, if you're feeling behind, and that you need to play a little catch up, what can you do? So you may maybe I told you these numbers and. And now you're feeling down in the dumps because you got a ways to go. Uh, if you're in your 30s, try saving 15% of your income. If you're in your 40s, try saving 18% of your income or maxing out your contributions each year. In your 50s, increase salary percentage, uh, max out your contributions. Consider catch-up contributions or contribute to a taxable account. So maybe look to save out above and beyond your 401k in your 60s. Well, delay retirement, work part-time, readjust your spending, or consider maybe some sort of an annuity to protect your assets from you and your spending habits uh, over your, your lifetime. And there will be Social Securities, we assume, unless it goes away. Yeah, I like to assume it'll be there. And, you know, I try to stay positive and that yeah. we'll find a solution here. To, to I, I can it. tell you this, for 30 years, since we started the show in 2001, we've had callers, texters, people that talk about... Social Security not being around. Yeah. Well, it's still around. It's a political hot potato, yeah, as Jeff it, says. It, it just, I think it's one of those things that as not much will be done until they're forced to do something, mm -hmm. much like everything in Washington. It's like to the, the last It's all politics. Last minute, right? Favorite, yeah, Who's well, going to save the day? Yeah. And who wants to be the guy responsible And, and at the for... mercy of everybody, all, all of us panicking, wondering if it's going to be funded, well, they'll be the heroes. You're right? exactly right. And so. again, all of this largely depends. There's a lot of what ifs, a lot of tangibles that go into how much money you need to retire. Yep. Reach out, talk to the Kowal Investment Group. They're a phone call away. Uh, headquartered in Waukesha. Remember, locations on Port Washington in Ozaki County, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine and Heartland being the latest addition. You can call them at 262-522-4040 or check out thekowalway.com. Next up, the sexy segment on WISN's Retirement Clinic with Aaron Spitzner. All right, that music. It's time for the sexy segment. Welcome back. The Retirement Clinic 
continues with the Cowell Investment Group, the retirement specialist, and your host today, Aaron Spitzner. What's on tap for the sexy segment? Oh, we have, uh, I want my 401k and IRA to go to my spouse when I die. Should I name them or my trust as beneficiary? So uh, this is more of a complex uh, type uh, article, which fits perfect for the sexy segment here. Uh, and we get this question a lot as far as titling goes and adding beneficiaries onto an account for somebody who has uh, their estate planning complete and maybe a trust. Um, so uh, this is a question that actually came in to a writer in uh, Market Watch. And uh, how he addressed it, I think a lot of our listeners would uh, get a lot of uh, um, help from. So there are some advantages to listing your trust uh, as a beneficiary. And again, like everything we talked about today, again, there, there's a lot of gray area here. Um, again, we talked about should we have a spouse as your, your primary beneficiary or the trust. As with most legal answers, it all depends. It's certainly simpler to name your spouse directly. Then they can convert the retirement plans to their own IRA and take withdrawals on their own schedule. But there are some advantages to trusts. Number one, uh, they can provide greater creditor protection uh, than that afforded to retirement funds. Number two, they can preserve any funds not needed by your spouse for your children. Number three, listing a, a trust as the primary beneficiary. Trust can also provide protection in the event your spouse became incapacitated at a later age. And number four, it can provide protection from scams for which seniors are special targets and protect assets from having to be spent down paying for long-term care. Trusts are also used in estate planning. Few Americans now have federally taxable estates. Uh, the threshold is at uh, over $12 million. In Wisconsin, we're not subject to an estate tax either. Uh, so that is kind of out of the picture if you're living in Wisconsin, but there are some states to be aware of. Um, the estate taxes are as low as a million dollars in Massachusetts and Oregon, so just something to be aware of in those states. But in order for a trust to hold retirement plan funds and qualify as a designated beneficiary, it must be either a conduit or a accumulation trust. Conduit trusts are much easier to draft and manage. They provide that the annual required distributions be forwarded to your surviving spouse. Accumulation trusts allow these to be retained in the trust, but given the complicated nature of trusts, we generally only use them in special cases. For instances, when the beneficiary needs to qualify for public benefits, again, for, for some beneficiaries, you want to keep that income low in order to retain uh, state benefits. Um, really the, the, the third option, just like most things, right, is to have it both ways. Um, it, uh, to name your spouse as the primary beneficiary, uh, of the estate plan and their trust, the secondary beneficiary. Again, so of your IRA, you have your spouse as the primary and then your trust as a secondary, uh, beneficiary, this permits the surviving spouse to determine whether to receive the retirement plan outright or have it passed to the trust by executing a disclaimer. A disclaimer per permits the surviving spouse to designate a property to be treated as if they had died first. So in this case, the disclaimer would permit the surviving spouse to designate some or all of the retirement plan funds to pass to the secondary beneficiary of the trust. So in other words, 
Again, it's a complicated thing, right? Who should I have as my, my beneficiary? Oftentimes, I ask that we just consult with your current estate planning attorney. We get the exact direction from them. Some may have the trust as the primary. Others may have the spouse as the primary. What this article basically says in a nutshell is maybe you have your spouse as the primary, the trust as the contingent beneficiary, and allow the trust or the 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 primary beneficiary, which would be the spouse, to make the decision at the time of death. Yeah, and because you can you can basically disclaim that position, you can have it move towards the, the trust, which would be the secondary beneficiary. Some so, of our listeners may not have an estate plan. Yeah, and in that case, we got to start from the beginning and, and get you connected with a, an estate planning attorney. At but least you can the, still name a beneficiary, right? Yeah, there. I mean, there you're just looking at an individual. But mm-hmm. if you have a trust, people wonder, hey, what what should I do with this? Should should I have this as the primary, the secondary beneficiary? How should I handle it? Well, as you just heard, it's complex. It's confusing. There's no right answer. There's this a, is why you go to professionals. Yeah, and, and we'll oftentimes consult with your estate planning attorney to make sure that we're we're doing things as 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 to abide by your wishes and your attorneys, the things that you've discussed. Aaron, over the years, we've had many estate planning attorneys as guests on the show, friends of the Kowal Investment Group. If you want to reach out, you got questions, as always, 262-522-4040. More coming up with Aaron Spitzner from the Kowal Investment Group. This is WISN's Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. Wrapping up today's Retirement Clinic Thanking the Kowal Investment Group and specifically your host, Aaron Spitzner. We covered a lot of ground today. We did. A lot of good stuff. How to find retirement assets if they're floating around out there. The best states to retire to. uh, How much you should have in your 401k. And also what required minimum distributions, how to handle those. And a little bit on estate planning and how to properly uh, name your beneficiaries. We did that all in an hour. Plus commercials. That's a lot of good stuff. You guys are on Monday through Friday, Mark Belling yep. Show, 3, 5 p.m. News Blocks with the market updates every day. If we want to follow up with any questions. You can uh, give us a call, 262-522-4040, or visit us online at thekowalway.com. On that website, you'll see links to Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the yep. social media sites. But it starts at thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L. My thanks to you, Aaron Spitzner. Have a great weekend. All right. Thank you. You too. We're back next Saturday, each Saturday morning at 10 o'clock for the Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. I'm Paul Cronforce. News is coming up next and your weekend Fox 6 weather forecast on WISM Milwaukee.